and I'm Karina Gantis. You are watching Behind the Pen. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm also an author of 13 books. I also have the uh, author assist um, radio show on the Artist First Radio Network. And uh, my guest today is the amazing Joe Compton. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Joe. Thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure having you on uh, on this show. We've we've known each other for a few years now. Um, we've done a lot of panels together. We've done a lot of one on ones. So to actually get you on the other side is really cool for me. So <laughs> okay, Let, let's start right right from the beginning. Your passion right. for writing did that stem from school? Um, has you do your parents have any um passion for for the arts at all and where did it do you think it came from uh my dad was in band for a long time so he was he was a musician he was a trumpet um he loved playing the trumpet but uh, they were both very very uh, vigorous readers so a lot of what you know, I learned about writing and literature and stuff like that came from their uh, insistence on on going to bookstores and, and, and buying books and reading and reading and reading. And so a lot of that came from there. I have always, I don't know what it was or how it happened, but I've always just written stories or told stories. And so, you know, I just... I just had this natural ability to do that. And, you know, um, so it was, it, it just, it just happened and I just kept going with it and going with it. And of course, over time you develop your skill set and your craft and everything like that. But I mean, I, the stories I told were pretty aimless and, and probably very badly, you know, worded and put together, <laughs> but I did nonetheless, I, I, anytime there was like a creative writing assignment in school, I did really well at that. Um, didn't do very well at anything else, but that, for some reason, I excelled at. Yeah, so, I was yeah. saying, yeah, I did really well with me at creative writing, my English, and I sucked at history and geography and all that just went out the window. But it was my English teacher that actually turned around to me and said that I could never be an author. That I can never be a writer. I mean, that's the that's sort of the incentive you need, isn't it, off your own English teacher? Right. Yeah. Right. Really that one like that. So, <laughs> when you say you love reading, I mean, what sort of books did you read? What was what was your niche? What was the what was the genre that really I, got you going? Yeah, when I when I started, I really was into like uh, choose your own adventures and. Uh, Hardy Boy books. I really love the Hardy Boy mysteries, and then I and then my I I wanted to be I wanted to be on an intellectual par with my father. My father read a lot of science fiction and really really hard science fiction, really tough things to get through. Uh, even now, now you know, I mean, he could read Lord of the Rings in a day. I mean, that kind of thing. He he would absorb that stuff, and, and so I wanted to be on par with him. So I would go try to go a step further beyond him and you know I would I, I would pick up you know the biggest book I could find and try to read it you know and 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 it didn't matter what it was or how what the genre was most of the time we went 
there was a bookstore that we went to quite a bit at, when I was a child. It was actually called the Hobbit bookstore in Westwood, California. And, uh, it was all, it was pretty much all science fiction for the most part. So you had no choice. You were reading either science fiction or fantasy or something like that. So I read a lot of that stuff, just trying to be on par with my father and trying to have intellectual conversations with him about that kind of thing. Did so, you force yourself to finish the book, even if you didn't want to, just so you could say you read it? All the time, all the time. Uh, those books are very, very difficult because uh, they're just full of technical jargon, and they're 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 so there's so much information, and there's so much to follow, and you can get lost really quickly, really fast. And uh, to be quite frank, a lot of them are just dull, you know. Yeah, so I'm glad you don't read them anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean. I'm really impressed with anybody who can turn that kind of epic fantasy into something that would be interesting, you know? Yeah. Uh, that really, I think that's a skill set that is beyond me and certainly um, an amazing skill set to be, to be for, for sure. But, you know, like Dune and, and books like that, I just, I circled around them and, and The Lord of the Rings, I circled around them and I read them, but it, it, it took, it took an enormous amount uh, and I think that's where I kind of failed myself in that if I had started with, you know, smaller increments of, of books that were more of my speed at the time mm -hmm. of growing up, I think I would have, my brother did that and my yeah. brother was smart about it. He's, he's a voracious, avid reader now. And I think I would have been a voracious, avid reader or a better reader if I had done that. But because I wanted to challenge myself and go beyond that, I always have to do that. I always have to go beyond the beyond and then you know I, most of the time most of the time I fail at that but it's it's but I don't I'm not afraid of that so I just go for it but yeah it just it was something that I I I, uh, I attained to and I just wanted to have these incredible conversations with my father that was the whole goal of me reading those books but uh, and, and, and we had some good conversations but it turned out we didn't need those books to have those conversations so yeah. There you go. Um, your first uh, publication, were you the kind of writer that wanted to have a CV of work? So you did maybe some um, film reviews, book reviews to get published, maybe a short story, flash fiction, poetry or whatever, to get your CV up before you started submitting to agents with your own work? Or did you go straight to as a novelist? No, I wrote, I wrote a lot of short stories growing up. Uh, I wrote a lot of poetry growing up. Um, I actually, I wrote a lot of that in, in, internally in, in, in an introvert kind of way. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't share that with people. I just wrote uh, and I wrote tons of it. And I had a girlfriend in high school who found them and she turned them in to the local anthology uh, they're doing, they were doing an anthology in my high school and they asked me if I, I could be published, you know, if I wanted to be, these stories to be published because the creative writing teacher loved them and they were very dark and very much, I was like into Poe, so I was writing a lot of dark stuff yeah. and things like that. So, uh, and they didn't have stuff like that. So they, they were very interested in it and, and I kind of learned a little bit about publishing and self-publishing doing this. So it was kind of a neat uh, looking back, it was kind of a neat exercise. At the time, I didn't 
I didn't care what it was. That was your first publication then. How old were you? Yeah, it was. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, and then I, and then uh, when I was in the Marines and I was bored, I would write a lot of stuff because you're stuck on an island in the middle of nowhere. You write. I mean, you you find something to pass the time. And so for me, that was writing. And so I submitted a lot of short stories. I got published in, I don't know, a dozen magazines when magazines used to publish stories. Uh, so I would submit and I would submit a hundred at a time, you know, and I'd get five or six hits every, every once in a while. And so that was my first taste of actually getting paid for writing. So, I mean, I would get, it would be like 10 bucks or something like that, but it just still was good. (laughs) My first, uh, publication was a a book review, uh, no film review of the uh, film Constantine by, um, what's his name? Keen? Keanu Reeves. That's it, Kennel Reeves. And um, it's, uh, I got $10 for it and I framed it and I never cashed it and it's still up on my wall in my office. It's something, you know, it's your first publication. It's when you can literally say, I am a published writer. And that yeah. is such a powerful title to have. And it's an incentive to keep going whether you want to do nonfiction or, or, or fiction or poetry or be a novelist, that, that first time is just uh, the incentive to keep going. So, so after you did that and you had got all your nice CV of all your short stories and poetry you had published and everything, then you decided to have a go at writing your first novel. Uh, actually, it was a little bit different. Yeah. I... I wrote the novel that is out there now as a screenplay to begin. I wanted to be in movies. That's what I really wanted to do. I wanted to make movies or write for movies. So I wrote the screenplay um, and I submitted it to some contests and I got, I got pretty much tore apart. Uh, <laughs> I was, it was, it was very like, it, it, it was, it was opening. Um, and so when I started getting feedback back, the, the feedback I started getting back was, uh, that you should try writing this as a novel. It sounds like there's a lot more you want to say, uh, and you're not going to be able to do that in the context of 90 minutes, which you know is you know 90 page script for a 90 minute movie. Uh, so uh, I tr- I just started to think about getting inside the head of the character, and that's when I I wrote the novel in probably two weeks. So. I think- writing the novel and then of course if you've got the talent to do a screenplay which I I've tried once and I gave up straight away because it's a total total different uh, writing altogether but writing a novel and then doing the screenplay would be easier than doing a screenplay first (laughs) because yeah you got torn apart but you were given the correct um the correct advice of getting into your characters' heads, uh, getting into their emotions, which you then have to put onto film, but you can't do that if you're not already in there. Yeah. So, yeah, I would have said that would would have been the right way to go. So tell me, uh, where did you get your idea for, uh, as a screenplay to start with, where did the idea for this, this, uh, what was it called? Well, it was amongst the killing, so it was it was it was it was actually the same name, um, but uh, the idea was that I wanted to do a story that had 
two perspectives. I wanted to do a dual perspective and I wanted to have each perspective play off of each other. And in, in doing so kind of blurring the lines between good and bad because people do good things and people do bad things. And so, you know, I didn't want to have a traditional protagonist and antagonist struggle. I wanted to have more of a gray area. And so that was the whole idea behind it. And it was actually, it wasn't even, it wasn't even a detective story in the screenplay. The screenplay was actually about two people trying to get to the same spot. And, and it was like a corporate structure and they were fighting for the same job and how they approached it, how they approached the, the, the fight. And so that part of it came later for me with the with the detective in this, in the mass murderer. And, And I mean, and, Ironically, there was still murder in in the <laughs> in the screenplay, uh, but but it was that was the idea, and so I wanted to have two people going in the same direction, or or being tr- trying to be thrown off that direction, and how they would deal with it, and how they how they approached it. So that's that was the whole idea behind it. So. Did you did you notice from from the idea that you had for the screenplay how it expanded and grew? when you were writing it as a novel. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it made more sense actually. Oh. It made a lot more sense because I was able to, like you said earlier, tap into the emotion of the character and that changed everything. So uh, that changed the direction and changed the idea. So it was, it was all about that, that epiphany that, that blossomed the book. So. It does. It does. Once, once you, once you get in the zone, it just, it takes off. It, it just, it, it, it explodes, and it could go yeah. either way. And it's, of course, it's up to you and the characters which way you're going. But did the book end the same as the screenplay ended? No, it did not actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the screenplay had to have more of an, a definitive ending because I believe. I followed the three act structure in, in a, for a film and I didn't, you never want to assume that you're going to be able to have a sequel, you know? So yeah. I didn't want it to be vague and leave it open-ended. So mm-hmm. I closed it pretty strongly yeah. screenplay in the book though. I, I always thought, well, maybe there'll be a second book, but if there's not, I can close it in a, a more vague way that would allow me if I want to go back to v- revisit these characters to do that. Or, or just let it be its own thing, and so uh, that's so that's how I approached both of those. And actually, the the ending completely changed uh, from the time I actually was about to get it published traditionally to how I published it self publishing, uh, because my wife uh, read the book. I had dusted it off, and she found it, and she read it, and she found a big a big gapping error that she didn't understand. And that led me down a different rabbit hole. And I ended up rewriting the whole second half of the book um, based upon that little bit of feedback, so. Yeah, I mean, it it really does pay to let somebody um, neutral to to read because they can then see all our plot holes. And there are plot holes. Even the editors um, don't find them because they're so into the book and they're so into the story that they don't see the plot holes, but give it to someone who knows nothing about anything and let them read it. 
and as you said, I mean, that must have been a quite a big one for you to be able to have to write nearly half a book to, to um, fix it. It was actually, yeah, it was actually cathartic. It was actually nice to, to revisit a, a story that I had told a long time ago. And, you know, the funny thing was uh, I kept thinking about this at, at, and I think about it now a lot because of the nature of what I do and who I am. But uh, I, I was... I was as close as you can get to being traditionally published and, and being out there. And uh, I mean, without actually being traditionally published, I was, I was literally in the door. Like I was on uh, my pen mark was on the contract, ready to sign it. That's how close I was to everything. With a big and fan. no, it was a medium sized press, but it was a, it was, it was a press that had, had its affiliations with big five and, and had, um, had notoriety, um, but it, 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 with doing that, I realized that they were going to publish the book the way that it was. Well, they weren't actually going to publish the book. We can get into that if you want, but uh, the, the way that it was, so this big hole would have existed. So all of this, this, this amazing things that happened all the, the, with my wife finding this hole and, and me rewriting it, I would have, I would have had that whole follow that me the rest of my so life. Strange, because to to get to that stage where you're ready to sign, it goes mm -hmm. through twenty different hands. Twenty yep. people have read that manuscript, and no one picked up the plot hole. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, to be to be fair to the publishing company, their design was never to actually publish my book. My book was was there to be a placeholder for a TV movie that they were looking to produce. That's that was the whole idea behind. They wanted me to change it completely. They were going to allow me to change it completely anyway. So I think they probably maybe they found the plot hole, but they wanted they were going to have me rewrite it. So they weren't going to worry about that. So, so it was um, going to be published as a novel. They were going to try and um, uh, to to do it as a screenplay for a TV. Yeah, so this was a big thing for them. They were making a lot of money turning over books into into uh, TV movies. They would do a small little press run. I think it was, I think they said 5,000 or 6,500. I don't remember what the press run was, but mm -hmm. it, it, it was all laid out. And, and it was basically writing the novel to put it out there to get a little bit of buzz so that the TV movie would come out a month later and then we would sell more copies of the book that was their whole that was their whole game plan mm. and so but they, in order to do that i would have to tailor it to be as close to the movie version as possible and i wasn't even being allowed to be a part of the movie process so it, it would have been it would have been something if i was able to write a screenplay for it or if i was to even just be there to be a part of it they were they were coming out completely i was basically a, a a hired hand to write this thing, this this outline that basically would lead to the movie, and it was based upon my my own idea. Are you still so, happy like, that you went that route? Are you still happy even now that you never allowed them to do that, knowing that even I'm a, I'm, let know, me put it, it this way: been, it could have been a big big success. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who knows? I, How do you feel I, about I, that now, years later? I, I've 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 um, I've reconciled with it. Let's put it that way. I've 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 
I've let it be what it's going to be. I, I'm not somebody who looks back and, and regrets things. You know, look, the way the choices I've made and the things I've done, that's the way it is, you know, and I can't go back and change any of that. And, and did I make some mistakes? Yes. Did, did they make a lot of mistakes? Yes. Mm-hmm. We both made mistakes. And I think the way it was approached and the way it was handled was a big mistake. And on both ends, on both my end, I take full responsibility for what happened and the choices that I made. And, but in the end, it, it, it worked out. Uh, I don't know if it worked out for them. I don't know if they're still in business or what. Um, I haven't checked on them lately to know they were in business about six years ago when I, when I put out the book, uh, I, I checked just to see if they were still around just to kind of throw it in their face. I was going to send them a copy, um, but which was the wrong approach. I talked myself down <laughs> off of that perch, but, but um, you know, uh, still, I, I really, I felt like, um, I felt like the choices that I made may not be right or wrong, but they were my choices and I have to accept them. And I've done that. I've accepted what has happened and how it's gone. I've, and- um, I'm sort of in the same situation now. I have a, a book called Lawless Justice, which is going to be uh, written as a screenplay. But yes. I have been warned that by the time if it hits the screens, it's not going to be anything like my book. <laughs> I've been warned that um, half the characters have to go. Um, half the plot has to go, uh, things have to change, uh, you know, and I'm thinking, okay, it will be great because this is like what every single author wants is to have their work on that screen and say, yeah, based on Karina Gantis' Lawless Justice, even though, (laughs) who knows what it will be once it gets on the screen. Um, And, but then you, you have, you say, but that's your work. Do you want to compromise? Do you want to um, give up? You know, this book has done really well. Um, everyone's loved it. The characters are amazing. I'm going to have to cut half the characters out. Uh, the plot, everything is going to change. Is it going to be worth it? That's my baby. You know, so I'm in the process now of doing the, the first page with the three acts. <laughs> which is just doing my head in how do you do a book of like 80,000 words in three acts which every act has to be of like two paragraphs it's like it's crazy but for those that don't know what we're talking about sorry but for those no, that don't no, really no, understand no. you know yeah I, here's how I look at it uh, I'll give you my perspective on on this because uh, I, I this is something that comes up a lot when I'm talking to authors and mm-hmm. a lot of authors want to have full control over this process and everything like that. But the filmmaking process is a process of creative. Um, it's 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 a different creative process. One and two, it is a collaborative creative process beyond just the producers that are picking up this book to turn it into a screenplay to hire a writer. The writer is just one cog in, in the wheel of, uh, one spoke of the wheel that, that makes the movie go. Yeah. Then you take it to the director and the director is going to have his own vision and his own or her, his or her own vision, excuse me, uh, the, their vision. And they're going to look at it and say, okay, I want to change this. I want to move this because I, I want the camera to do this or do that. 
and then he's going to take it to the camera person and the camera person's going to make the adjustments based upon what the director wants and then he's those then and then it becomes the process of casting of the movie and bringing in actors and then the actors are going to interpret the words the way that they want to interpret them not the mm -hmm. way that you want them to be interpreted mm -hmm. so this whole process becomes washed away from you very very quickly from from the day one and if you're going to make a movie out of something that you've created you have to accept that you this is to. not your creation yeah. anymore yeah, this is their this is their interpretation of you not not you interpreting them exactly i mean people see the harry potter and they say lord of the rings based on the film based on the book here's the film and it is very close to the book and mm -hmm. authors that are thinking too high above uh, their stature think that uh, their book is going to come out exactly you know yeah. that on screen exactly how they wrote it um, so I had a, quite a quite a shock to the system when I had to sit down with the uh, well, let me, screenwriter. Let me say, um, let me say one thing about that, Karina. One thing about about fandom. If your if your book, like you said, your book has been very well received and people really love it and they really gravitate to the characters. So if if Hollywood or if if whatever movie company produces the movie and they completely shit the bed or they or they completely mis misrepresent what you wrote the fans are going to call them out on that and that's the cool mm -hmm. thing right jk rowling knew yeah jk rowling knew that she she didn't have to be involved with this because the fans were going to call them out uh, on anything that she couldn't you know that she did that they didn't interpret in mm -hmm. correctly into the i mean how many times have you there's there's blogs about how uh, Peter Jackson ruined Lord of the Rings, you know? I mean, yeah, yeah. which is just ridiculous. But, He's but. Amazing. The best director who could have done that film. I, can, <laughs> I know things. I agree. Out. I know things. I know. I was, I was um, in charge of the UK uh, Lord of the Rings uh, fan club. Uh, uh, so I know exactly <laughs> what they didn't like about the film. But for me, he, it's one of the best films ever made. I've absolutely, nothing can beat Lord of the Rings for me. Even The Hobbit came second to Lord of the Rings. But uh, but it, it, whatever happens, my book will always be out there. And that's yep. what I've got to remember. I've got a chance now of getting it on to film, even though it's not going to be exactly as it should be the original. But my book is always going to be out there. And that's something... And you're going to get a bump in sales for it. I mean, people are going to go out and actually go, oh, this was a book? Well, let me go read the book, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and how many times have you run across this? I mean, this happens every time almost. The book is better than the movie, right? <laughs> so everybody, everybody's going to say that. And you're going to be the author of that. So, yeah. you know, you, you created – what you created is always going to be there. And no matter, no matter what, if it's on, not on the screen the way you want it to be or not, your creation's always going to be in your head and you're always going to have it. And nobody can take that away from you, no matter what they do exactly. to it on, on a screen. Exactly. So um, after A Monster Killings, did you end up doing a sequel? I am in the process of finishing it as, we, as we're talking. Um, I'm actually, I think I passed my deadline. I was supposed to be done a couple weeks ago, I think. <laughs> but um, I, I've been working on it. Uh, it's been the worst 
process of my life, to be quite frank. I have really, really struggled. Um, it's taken me five years to get just what I have down on paper. And uh, it's been it's been tough, but I've actually had a lot of encouragement and people push me through it. And I have a publisher now with it, a small press, and um, they have a target date. We're going to put it out in March of next year. And Have they taken uh, the first book on as well? I'm sorry? Have they taken the first book on as well? No, no. We, we have left that to be what it's going to be. So... Okay. Um, because of legal reasons and things like that, it becomes complicated um, because I, I put it under a publishing label and all that. So all that stuff would have to be absolved and everything would, you know, it's just, it's just real complicated. It's business complications. You so know? we're not using uh, it as a standalone. You're not, not to, you're not marketing it as a sequel. Oh no, we'll probably market it as a sequel, but because I'm, I'm along for the ride, I can, I can, you know, maneuver that enough to make it work the way it's going to work. But, but it can be its own book. You could read, you could read both books, you know, you could read one book over the other and, and it wouldn't matter. It's, there's, there's some things that are subtle, some Easter eggs and things like that, but, mm -hmm. but that's up to you. If you read it as a story, the way that is a story, you'll, you'll get the story, you know, so um, you may not get the subtle, subtle things, but that is what it is. What's the title of your second book? The title of my second book is We the Moral Majority. We the? Moral Majority. We the Moral Majority. Oh gosh, that's a bit of a mouthful. We the Moral <laughs> Majority. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Oh wow. That's wonderful. And so so um, you covered, you've got your cover sorted. Uh, we haven't even started that process yet. That's no? that's in the that's, right. No, that's 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 coming. So that's yeah, <laughs> that's the exciting part. As long as you've got the first draft done and your editor's happy with it, and it goes over to the line editor, and you can just just you know walk away from it, either write something else or just read a thousand books or something, and forget about it while they do their part of the job. <laughs> that that's well i'm a my my whole goal with this is to once it's out of my hands once once i'm done messing with it at all i'm going to take the approach of some of my author friends that i've met over time and start another book right away so while that book is is processing and getting out there i'm yeah, going yeah. to get a third book um and it's going to be probably the third book of i'm going to make this a trilogy um so you, you know you have it right on your show <laughs> but uh but yeah i uh i i i'm probably going to do that although i do have other ideas to write more stuff in different things in different genres but uh i i'm just going to keep that approach going and see how that works for me and, and see if i can't build some momentum and and get out of this kind of writing slump that i've been in for the last five years well, so this this let me tell everybody about this writing slump you've been in because you are a, an entrepreneur you, you're like the master of entrepreneur you have your hands in so many different um go indie now um you've got um writer's block you've got are you gonna have to label them list, list them out for me because because you you really do 
Sure. So, so for, for the fall season, and I'm doing it by season, so I have shows for each season, like a TV network. Um, so this season, I always have the flagship show. That's the thing that comes out once a month at the end of the month. And that's kind of like the variety show. Like it's like a, it's like an online magazine kind of show. We we have reviews and and we highlight people and we do readings and things like that in that show. And that's that's the show that I started with, and it's the show that has continued on. And that goes every month. Uh, then I have a weekly show that I do, which is called This Week in Indies, which is like Meet the Press kind of show where I sit down with some. With, with prominent people in the, you know, in indie world and we talk about indie things. So uh, that shows every week as well. So we do that on a Sunday. So those are the two staples that are always constant. For this fall season, I have a show called Origins, which is a show similar to this show, which is we take an artist one-on-one -on -one and we break it down from where they began as a creator to where they are as a creator. And we, we talk about their creations and how it's molded them as a creator. Uh, so that, that show is the first weekend of every, of, of every month. And then the second weekend, I bring out a show called Genres, which is we base, we take a panel of, of people who work within a specific genre and we talk about that genre specifically. Mm -hmm. So we've done, we've done urban fantasy and science fiction. Those are the first two we've done. Um, and, and so it's just us talking about that genre. And then the next shows that we do, uh, I do another weekly show called, it's now Indie Writer's Block because there's somebody else who has the writer's block out there and I didn't want to have any conflict. So I changed it to Indie Writer's Block. So Indie Writer's Block is, is basically just a show where we have five questions for the same five questions for everybody. And they, and uh, Karina is a part of this season. She'll, you'll see her episode pretty soon. Uh, but yeah, we, we do, we just have them film answering the five questions and then we, we, we do that. And then, um, I also have a show, which is kind of like my game show. It's called the 10 minute drill. And it's basically taking four independent artists, putting them together as a team and having them answer either 15 questions or 10 or answering until 10 minutes comes up. So mm -hmm. they, they have 10 minutes to answer 15 questions basically. And so, and the questions aren't that easy. As you, if you watch the show, you'll see how people struggle and how people, uh, you know, interpret them. But that's that that's essentially uh, that's essentially what I'm doing now. I I have I have more plans to start, and I'm actually working on another show right now with somebody. I'm developing another show, um, and I I don't know if I want to talk about that yet. But we're developing another show that will come within the season, and then and then I also will have other shows that go into the next season like I have a coffee break show which is similar to the writer's block show I have a show called fandom forum which is basically we take fans of a specific piece of work and we talk about that specific specific okay. piece of work from a fan perspective uh so we have that show as well and and I'm always constantly thinking of other ideas so and, and, oh, and I go gentlemen this is why Joe Compton has now published his second book after how many years? <laughs> yeah, I mean, but but I also uh, I also have two other shows that we go live on too. So I would yeah, do. Yeah, you you just don't questions. stop. It's amazing. The master the master of entrepreneur shows uh, and and what you do for us Indies is just uh, fantastic. The, 
the marketing potential, the promotion you do for us. It's wonderful. And you've been doing it for years and I've known you for, for years since you started uh, Go Indie Now, um, which is fantastic. Everyone, please uh, go over to YouTube, Go Indie Now and uh, subscribe to the channel um, and make sure you um, check out uh, Joe's uh, book, Amongst the Killings, up on Amazon. Um, oh, thank yeah. you so much for uh, coming on the Behind the Pen and chatting with me, Joe. Thank you for having me, Karina. It's been wonderful, as always. Mm -hmm.